Hey, everybody. Welcome to the HVAC Joy Lab podcast. I'm your host, Dr. John Shirk. This podcast focuses on creating more and more conversations about what optimizes life for an HVAC technician. My goal is to produce the most helpful content available for techs, full stop. Today, you're going to hear part one of two podcasts from Adam Kuhlman, health coach and trainer with a focus on technicians. Did you ever think about what you are made of physically? Well, John, I'm made of muscle, bone, blood, etc. Yes, but those cells, what are they made of? Ultimately, they're made of what you eat and drink. Have you ever really thought about that? Your entire body, your physical body, is composed of what you have previously eaten, drank previously, broken down, and converted. So really, how important is your diet? It is a lot more than just calories and how fat or thin you are. In this podcast and the next one, Adam is going to break down some great diet ideas for techs and some practical ways to get food in your hands, good food, when you're in the field. So let's get started. Alrighty, all right, everybody. Welcome back to HVAC Joy Lab. I'm here with Adam Kuhlman, the health coach extraordinaire to technicians and uh, men everywhere, um, of whom I consider myself one. Uh, so, uh, Adam, welcome. Well, hey, how's it going, John? How you doing today, man? Good. I think I'm in a silly mood today, so this should be fun. Awesome, dude. Hey, <laughs> never hurts to throw some humor in there, so I'm down That's for right. it. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about technicians and diet food um, and try to really place it into the context of life as a tech. Like there's mm -hmm. plenty of uh, things you look up online that talk about what you should eat and whatnot, but it's not realistic for somebody who spends half their day in a truck or on a roof or in an attic or like all of that has to be accounting uh, for the reality of a technician. So, um, mm -hmm. so what, where, Adam, where should we start? Good question, John. Very, very good question. Cause there's a lot to unpack when it comes to food and nutrition, and all that kind of stuff, but you know where I always love to start, especially for people hearing, you know, this subject. And I think a lot of people's ears have become numb to hearing about this subject sometimes. So where I want to come about with it is first from the Avenue of mindset. What I mean by that is what are your, what is your mindset with food? Like what are your values with food? What is your purpose with food? Why, you know, what is food to you? You know what I mean? I would say on a cultural level, we're in America, there's a, an abundance of food. You have the food industry, of course, that is a big industry 
it needs returning customers. So food is kind of formulated in a way for we, you know, keep consuming it and keep coming back, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and you know, this may not be true across the spectrum, but I feel like it is an inherent truth is that with food in America, the priority with food is, does it taste good? You know what I mean? Very much so, does it taste good? And then also I would say there's a psychological component more more so even an emotional component. You know, food is comfort. I, I love comfort food. We always hear that day in and day out, comfort food, right? Yep. I would say when it comes to food, if you're going to have um, a mindset that would benefit you better, if you want to go more in the direction of health, longevity, um, quality of life, so on and so forth, is that you view food not so much just in terms of, you know, food is fun. You know what I mean? Gives you the dopamine hit. You know what I mean? You eat it, you eat something sweet, whatever it may be. It's like, it's great. You can mm-hmm. interact with people, the break bread, you know what I mean? So on and so forth. It's great. Yep. It's wonderful. But when that becomes the only focus, then sometimes you can be served whatever it is. So long as it's, it's tastes good, you'll eat it, but it can be the worst for you. You know what I mean? So sure. I want to expand people's mindset in the fact that maybe think about it from this perspective, that food should be health. Food should be for strength, vitality, community, and fellowship, enjoyment, and also sustainability. You know yeah. what I mean? Okay. Yeah. If you focus in on it needs to be good tasting and only provide comfort, then what happens is, is no matter what you eat, as long as it's good tasting, whether it's good for you, or bad for you, it doesn't matter. But then also if it's comfort, here's the thing with psychology and you dive into that a little bit. If you had a bad day, if you're stressed, you're frustrated, you're upset, you're angry, whatever it may be, you're tired. A lot of times if you use food for comfort, it bleeds into these areas of your life and those become triggers for you. You know what I mean? Uh, yep. Even if you're just enjoying time, like you're out with your buddies and you're just having a bunch of food, like it can be used to enhance that feeling as well. What I'm going with this is there's dopamine hits from that, John. There's a lot of dopamine hits from that. Well, what we know about dopamine, sometimes the more you, you push that dopamine into the brain, the more those receptors become less receptive of the dopamine, which means you got to push more and more of that dopamine stimulation in there to get the same effect. You know what I mean? Dopamine's knocking on the door. The receptors aren't opening the door as much anymore. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What that means then with when you're eating food is sometimes you can have an excess consumption of it. You know what I mean? One piece of pie, then, you know, fast forward a few years later, you're using food for comfort and it becomes half the pie, so on Mm -hmm. and so forth. You know what I mean? Yeah. So kind of backing that off a little bit and realizing that food should be for health, for strength, for vitality, community and fellowship, enjoyment and sustainability. That really makes you think about food in a different way. You mean it's not just as it tastes good anymore. It's is this going to make me feel good? And is this going to have, you know, lasting effects and that my blood work's going to turn back phenomenal when I'm 70 years old versus, you know, your doctor saying, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to put you on about five different medications today. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I know that's an exaggeration, but I mean, it's a very real possibility for a lot of real people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So start in the area of mindset first. What is food to you? If it's comfort, if it's enjoyment, okay, that's fine, but let's expand it. Do you want to be healthy? Do you want to have vitality? Do you want to be able to operate that wonderful body of yours long into your 60s, 70s, and 80s with your grandchildren and, you know, your wife or your partner, whatever it may be. You know what I mean? So we can start there. I think that's a good place to start. You know, yeah, that is a good place to start. I, I, my mindset has changed a lot in the last, partly since I met you, but the, um, the last two years or so, um, I, I, I would have kind of really aligned myself with, you know, a certain diet program. 
mm-hmm. you know, what this program or that program, which is borderline religion at this point for people who kind of track with this stuff. Yeah. And uh, since I started taking some agglutide and started working with you, Adam, I've really adapted a mindset that says I have two tracks. Uh, it's either more or better. Mm-hmm. And that more represents the best version of food is better, bigger portion size is just more just the act of consumption more of it that's one of the paths and then the other one is like what food is better and mm-hmm. there, there's kind of what you described different wrinkles of what better means does mm-hmm. better mean health better mean flavor better mean ease of preparation does it mean cost what is better right mm-hmm. but the thing is by just changing the mindset to more isn't better better is better that yeah. just generates for me a set of thoughts I wasn't used to having about what is better, mm-hmm. you know, and just putting mm-hmm. myself in that space where and and again, because of the pharmaceuticals and because of different for different reasons, um, I've really begun to experience satiety in a way mm-hmm. I never have before. And realizing that at the end of it, after we through work through a, a web of what constitutes better. I end up actually more satisfied at the back end with better than I do with more. Yeah. I like know, that. It, mm-hmm. And so that the, at the end game, you know, the whole thing of satisfaction, which again is psychological, it's emotional, it's physical. I mean, there's, it's a, it's a multifaceted thing with food, but that the path of better uh, has really demonstrated a much more satisfying food experience for me. So 100%. I love that you shared that, John. And, you know, I think it, it, I think we should probably for just a few minutes, dive in and unpack diets. You know what I mean? Because this, this culture that we're in is there's a lot of diet culture going on, right? And I I just want to say this, like diets, you know, there's two things that they kind of have in common, but one thing that they don't really do at the same time. So two things that they have in common is they typically get everybody into a caloric deficit. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? That's a really big one. You know what I mean? If you're going to follow the ketogenic diet, guess what? You're pulling out all those carbs out of your diet. That's can potentially be thousands of calories. You just pulled out of your diet right there. Instant yeah. caloric deficit. Second thing that it, um, most diets also do well, depending, but we'll take like two of the biggest ones, paleo ketogenic. Um, what do they do? They increase your intake of lean proteins, vegetables, and whole foods at the end yeah. of the day. Right. One thing that diets don't do is they don't talk about the the psychology. So going back again to, you know, if you have an emotional eating issue, so on and so forth, diet doesn't touch that. If someone very close to you dies tomorrow and your way of dealing with the difficulties of life is to run to food, Mm -hmm. guess what? That's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to throw your diet right out the window and all, you know, a lot of that hard work, unfortunately, goes away with it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So diets don't teach the psychological thing. Diets also have a tendency to make people unnaturally restricted, if that makes sense, giving you a list of do's and don'ts and making your mind think like this is bad, this is good. When in reality, I mean, a lot of foods, there's just foods out there that support your goals and foods that don't. We'll just put it that way. You know what I mean? So there, like what you said, John, the religious aspect of it is so totally true. There's as human beings, I've noticed this over my the span of my career, we have a tendency to jump from one end of the spectrum to another. So on one end, we don't care about what we're eating just as long as it tastes good. And then on the other end, we're like, well, I need to clean up my lifestyle and my habits. So let's go on to a full blown 
restrictive, crazy diet and get this handled, right? right? There's a middle ground though. You know what I mean? There's a middle ground and it's taking from what works already. And what works already is literally John's just eating those lean proteins. You know what I mean? Cutting back on the carbs because that's your body's primary energy source, um, preferred energy source. We'll put it that way. Depleting that as much as you can. So your body can go more after the body fat, eating vegetables, eating, you know, minimally, you know, minimally processed grains, fruits, so on and so forth. John, I'm not going to lie, dude. It's actually not that complicated. It really isn't how to eat. It's just we are in a yeah. culture that screams diet. If you want to get healthy, go do a diet. And it's like, no, you don't. Yeah. You just don't. <laughs> Shop the perimeter of your, your local grocery store and you should be good. You know what I mean? If it has a box and it has a label, be cautious, you know, proceed with yeah. caution, so on and so forth. So I yeah. wanted to definitely kind of unfold diets. Like there's nothing magical about a diet. They just put you in a caloric deficit and they get you eating better quality foods. That's yeah. really it. And it, and it really is. I've noticed it as I've really dug. I'm, I'm way down the rabbit hole with some of this stuff, especially mm-hmm. intermittent fasting, a few things. And it does turn into a kind of uh, religious value system. Like it's mm-hmm. not just, you know, it's like things are right and wrong and, you know, the, the carnivores are like, plants are going to kill you and uh, (laughs) they're designed to kill people who eat them. And, and then the plant people are like, that meat is going to kill you. And it's probably not that extreme. Exactly. That's a really good point, John. I love that you made that point because I, I can think of about a half a dozen people on both sides who are very influential on about every social media platform you can think of saying like, Plants, literally, plants are designed to kill you. Eat the seeds of them. They're not going to digest. And That's right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> There's so much conflicting information out there. And I think the beautiful thing about this podcast is, y'all, it's very simple. It's actually very, very simple. And, yeah. you know, um, and of course, I'll present like a lot of good information for people too. Yeah, John, what do you think? Should we should we talk about maybe some good snacks to have on hand? or That's like, a great idea. Okay, That's a great got- idea. Let's talk about snacks first that are healthy and and look, everybody knows don't eat a Snickers, eat celery. OK, but yeah, but what's I mean, snacks have to deal with reality, too. And so, mm-hmm. like, go ahead and give us some ideas. Give our give our tech uh, listeners some ideas about snacks. Awesome. So these ones can be very, very simple. <laughs> and a lot of them can even be found at like your local I mean, gas station, to be honest with you, John. Like they're very, very simple. So I compiled a list of about nine of them. Number one, super simple one that's going to get you a lot of energy, just trail mix. And I'm not talking about any old trail mix. I'm not, I'm not talking about the ones that have like loads and loads of chocolate all over in it and like, like caramel clusters and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about like, you know, you got some good mix of nuts in there. You got raisins, um, you got some dried fruit, so on and so forth. So you got some good fast digesting energy with those like dried fruits in there. But then you also have the sustainable energy on the back end that comes from digesting the nuts, which are very very, very rich in proteins and fats. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, just as a quick little lesson, like carbohydrates usually digest first. Actually, the digestion process for carbohydrates actually starts in your mouth, continues on into the stomach. Fats, however, don't start in the mouth. It starts more into the small intestine when it gets digested or kind of churned a little bit with the stomach first. So you get the firsthand energy from those carbohydrates, but then kind of that back end energy from the fats like I was talking about. Mm-hmm. It takes a little bit longer. So fats are usually the last thing to digest. Um, next thing, John, super simple energy bars, not just any old energy bars though. I'm not talking about the ones that are loaded up with, you know, aspartame and all that different type of stuff. Like I'm talking about ones that are, you know, natural 
as, about as natural as you possibly can. So a good brand that I'm thinking of offhand that I love to use is the RX bars. There's about mm. three or four ingredients in those. It's sweetened with like figs and, you know, protein in there is like, you know, egg whites. And then basically whatever flavor you, you want is the extra ingredients to make it that right. flavor, you know? Energy bars are phenomenal. Um, other ones like Quest bars, that's a big one. It's a buzzword. Well, right and now. I was just about to bring up Quest bars. And so mm-hmm. on this topic, so again, if you're if you're a deep diver into this stuff, you'll know Quest bars are known for not having carbs in their in their snack bar. They've yes. got they'll have uh, sugar alcohols or they'll have other uh, they'll have a fiber in there, but not a proper digestible carb. Mm-hmm. Um, however. The protein that's in there, it's not like you're eating a piece of meat. And so I'm curious what your thoughts on, um, be, again, I'll, I'll explain why I'm asking the question. Eating a protein has multiple functions. One mm-hmm. of the functions is rebuilding tissue and gets used for that purpose. But another one is oxidizing and using it as calories for energy, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So do what happens when you're digesting that kind of a, it's a protein inside of a energy bar. Um, mm-hmm. Does it do the same stuff that meat does or has it been mm-hmm. changed in some way that it really just used, gets used like a carb would get used and doesn't really contribute to the other function? Mm-hmm. That's actually a very, very good question. And John, I'm going to say it depends. You're going to hate that answer, but it kind of <laughs> depends. Like with, So when it comes to protein, First and foremost, how much is absorbed is dependent upon you a lot of times. Like there's a lot of enzymes that go into breaking down protein and making it into usable source um, for rebuilding tissue, so on and so forth. You know, we have that little amino acid pool in our body. Our body doesn't store proteins like it does carbohydrates Um, because, you know, again, carbohydrates are the preferred main energy source. So the body's going to store that. Um, Protein is not necessarily unless you're ketogenic. And then of course your body has no choice um, except to synthesize those proteins into ketones, Mm -hmm. um, so on and so forth. But your body and how it breaks down is largely dependent upon each person. And then also on how well their gut can break it down as well. You mean there are people out there that cannot break down proteins very well and they kind of get a little bit physically ill when they eat too much protein, so on and so forth. Now, with that being said, then there's also the different protein types. You know what I mean? So there, I mean, you got chicken, you got beef, you got bison, you got seafood. And then of course you have like protein powders. And then with the protein powders, you got like collagen, you got whey, you got plant-based, all that, so on and so forth. What I would say is to make it very simple, John, is proteins that come from animal sources have the complete amino acid profile. Mm. And what I mean is there's a lot of different amino acids that kind of make up the term protein. Um, when you get it from an animal source, you're going to get what's called the complete protein amino acid profile. When you go to different types of sources, like with you know Quest bars or even different types of proteins, sometimes depending on what protein source they use, it can be deficient in some of the most important um, amino acids from the amino acid um, profile. That's like lysine, um, tar. Oh, I can't ever say this one right. It's taurine or something like that. Mm-hmm. Isoleucine, so on and so forth. Um, and so when you're getting those quest bars and stuff, uh, it's kind of hard to ever know sometimes where they're sourcing their protein from. Mm. And it's hard to know whether or not they have that full amino acid profile. So I would say right. you always will get the most benefit, John, from getting you know animal source, you know what yeah. I mean? Seafood, so on and so forth. When it comes to yeah. protein powders, 
you're, you, you have a pretty good chance of getting a good amino acid profile through protein powders as well. The ones that are a little bit more deficient at times are the plant-based sourced, because sometimes if you ever pick up a bottle of plant-based protein, there's about five different sources. A lot of times, um, mm -hmm. from, because you know, a lot of plants don't have a full amino acid profile, so on and so forth. Yeah. So like I said, the answer depends, but if you ever do like animal source is great in a pinch, you know, quest bars, I would say even the RX bars are really, really good because you're getting it from an egg. So the, a lot of their um, egg usually has a complete amino acid okay. profile, which is good. Okay. So, I don't know. Good. Does that answer that your question, John? What it do you does. Think? It does. I'm, I mean, when we talk about snacks, my, I immediately go to a gas station. I know what I look for in a gas station. So yeah. Quest bars is one of them. The other yep. thing I look for is uh, something in a package that has meat in it. But I still mm -hmm. am questioning, like one of my favorite things to get if I'm on the road, if they have it there, are these little kind of makeshift, like a salami and cheese, no yes. bread, little mini sandwich, right? Mm -hmm. Like a little piece mm -hmm. of cheese, little piece of salami, another little piece of cheese, kind of pressed mm -hmm. together, kind of like a little sandwich snack, right? Yes. So mm -hmm. no carbs in there, for probably. But mm -hmm. the meat is so processed at this point. Right. Yeah. So again, mm -hmm. the same question is, are we, are we still healthy and something like that? Is that something to avoid? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there's, there's a set of those kind of snacks, like a little stick of cheese with a piece of meat wrapped around it, or yeah, those kinds of savory snacks that are in a gas station typically or a truck stop. What are mm -hmm. your thoughts about those? So another really, really good question. Like uh, uh, actually one of my suggestions was going to be beef jerky if you can, or uh -huh. turkey jerky. Um, I know there's a lot of turkey jerky out there. Um, and the thing, so with that though, of course, not all jerky is created equally. Still super, very heavily processed. Um, what I want to say though, John, with all that is I could preface it with this. Let's say for instance, you're you know, a typical human being and you eat three square meals a day and then you sprinkle in some snacks in between there. Mm -hmm. If you get on track with eating a pretty you know, pretty well balanced diet with those three meals per day. I wouldn't say that you have to worry an excessive amount about what it is that you're uh, snacking with. If that makes okay. sense, if sure. you need lean protein and you know, it is hard at times to get minimally processed things like jerky or salami, you know, I mean, hundred percent or summer, summer sausage, so on and so forth. But if, you know, at least 80, 70, 80% of your day-to-day -day eating is pretty well clean already, pretty minimally processed, so on and so forth. You can actually afford those things just fine. You yeah. mean, I don't okay. like it's like you were kind of saying earlier and like what we were both talking about earlier. Don't got to make it a full on religion where you're like every single decision needs to be perfect and on point. And if you're not perfect, you're somehow failing yourself. I would say there's a rule. And this is actually what I was going to talk about um, today as well, is there's that 80 20 rule that a lot of us coaches talk about. 80% of the time is your baseline of getting in good quality foods. 20% of the time, don't stress about it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. And that's in those, that 20% of the time can be your snack times. You know what I mean? Of course you do do the best you can to make your snacks the best possible. But when you're in a pinch, okay, cool. Go get some jerky. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I want people to understand is like, it's actually okay. Sure. You know what I mean? You, you, you do the best you can. That's um, really a good point because here's what went through my mind as you were saying that that my own orientation is much more toward what I'm keeping out as opposed to what I'm making sure gets in. Mm, in other words, yeah. does this got, does this have something bad in it that I have to keep out as mm -hmm. opposed to saying, am I properly giving myself all the nutrition I need 
Yeah. And then and then there's some wiggle room as long as that's accounted for. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Now, there's a there's a lot of wonderful studies that have been done on this, John. And there's a there's one study in particular that was done by a company called Precision Nutrition on thousands of their own. Um, how should I say? Cl- uh, coaching clients. And they found that, like, at what percentage do people start getting results? You know what I mean? That they want to see, specifically when it comes to things like losing weight. Yeah. They're like, is it 10%, 20%, 30%, whatever, so on and so forth. Well, the funny thing is, is they tested people on areas of compliance that are like 10% compliance, 20%, 30%, so on and so forth. Every single percentage, they jumped up 10% each time. So it goes 10, 20, 30, 40, so on and so forth. Every single percentage actually saw some not like actual benefit so you uh-huh. could see benefits at 10 percent, like adhering to better health guidelines if you're doing it even just 10 percent of the time exponentially gets better at 20 30 40 50 and then of course as you get more to like 70 or 80 you're seeing life-changing phenomenal results so where i'm going with that is not to be mediocre is what i'm not saying but don't think that a small change doesn't make a difference you know what I mean? Don't think that just because you're at 10% just starting off today doesn't mean that you're not making any form of progress whatsoever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so what do you, um, I got a few other snacks for them, John. Yeah, you go say for I, it. I give a few other ones. Um, yeah, go one for that's it. really super easy. And one that I'm actually starting to get back into is hard boiled eggs. Super, easy. Ah. super convenient and portable. They're already in their own little case. You just got to break it open and then you can just consume that. Um, of course, you know, we got the energy bars, so on and so forth. String cheese. String cheese actually isn't a bad one. You know what I mean? You got mm-hmm. good sources of healthy fats there. Um, and then another one that I would say is, well, two that I would say you could you could separate them or combine them. Greek yogurt is actually pretty phenomenal, John. That's the one that's pretty simple, too. It's in just a little container. Um, when it comes to yogurts, everybody, I would say get the yogurt that has the least amount of ingredients in it because then you can add in whatever it is that you would like. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you enjoy granola, you know what I mean? Or if you enjoy things like, you know, fresh fruit, throw that in there. Cool. You got a nice, easy snack. So on and so yep. forth. So, yeah. So uh, let me, let me good, good thoughts there, Adam. Um, let me also add in for the techs who are listening. When is the time to make the decision for what you want to have in your truck? It's not at 1030 in the morning when you're already out there and, and you're hungry. It is the night before the, the process now, people have different kind of approaches to their day. Some people are very lurch out of bed and just go. Some people are kind of more planned. I happen to be one of the more planned people, but I, you know, my normal morning routine, I wake up at 410, but at 410, I can wake up and roll because the night before I've already set up the coffee, I've already set up the cup. I've already set up what I'm wearing to the gym. I've already, it's all there, right? The whole table is set because what I found is you know, even though I'm used to getting up early, I'm still a little like all not all the way there yet. You know what I'm saying? At 410. Yeah. And Me if I don't too. have it all set up, I head out to the gym and I realize I didn't bring half my stuff. You know, I just mm-hmm. well, I got out the door and, uh, you know, and I, you know, anyway, the, the point being that if you want to engage with, you know, the healthy stuff throughout your day, the next day, most of the techs I know they have a cooler with them during the day. Um, so you know where you're going to get your ice already, you know, just make the plan the night before lay it all out the night before, or if you have a spouse who does this stuff for you, have them lay it out for you the night before, but however you do it, the time to make the decision is not when you're hungry the next day. That's when you whip in the gas station and grab a Snickers, mm-hmm. right? 
Do it all the night before. And then the table is set for you, literally, maybe figuratively, otherwise, to go uh, make slightly healthier choices the next day. And it also gives you the opportunity to make your own snacks as opposed yes. to needing something packaged. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, that 100%, John. Piece. Yeah, that is huge. Uh, and uh, I think you hit upon a wonderful principle there, John preparation. You yeah. know what I mean? I think what happens is, is so many times, I mean, we are busy people, all of us as Americans, we are just busy, fast paced. We're trying to keep a roof over our family's heads and we're doing about a thousand things on top of that. You know what I mean? And so I, we've kind of unconsciously over time, it was just kind of outsourced our food to somebody else preparing it, somebody else making it for us, so on and so forth. But if you ever can slowly make the shift over to deciding for yourself what snacks to to make, you mean, yeah. or what snacks to have, you know what I mean? Hard-boiled eggs are a great place to start because you want to know why? You boil them for about 10 minutes and you're done. You yeah. boil up a half, like, you know, half, you know, dozen of them if you want to and, and take two, two a day, you know yep. what I mean? And you got enough for an entire week there, which yep. is good. And, you know, I think sometimes that also kind of lends into – you know, the topic of sustainability for these HVAC techs, John, like what is a sustainable way of eating for them? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Should we dive into the sustainable way yeah. of, of eating Go ahead. for them? When you say sustainable, talk about what you mean by that. Well, what I mean for sustainable is there's a multiple levels. You mean like what we were talking about earlier and, you know, what is food for you? So on and so forth. But sustainable is not following a diet. You know what I mean? Like, let's put it this way. Let's say, for instance, you're on ketogenic. You know what I mean? The, the keto diet, no carbs ever, so on and so forth. How sustainable is that for the rest of your life, right? Mm, yeah. What if you're your boss, you're, you know, wonderful friends with your boss, you know what I mean? And they have a pool party once, you know, it's, it's Memorial Day, it's rolling around and they invite you over and there's carbs galore in front of your face. And you're like, hey, I'll just have nothing but the hamburger patty. You know what I mean? Like, does that sound practical? Do you really want to show up to your boss's party and say, I'm going to eat nothing but protein here today? <laughs> you know what I mean? And do that for the rest of your life, you know, yeah. while everyone else is enjoying all these carbs, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's not. And so you're going to find yourself in a lot of positions where when you're trying to follow a diet, it doesn't add up and work in your life. So what yeah. I mean by sustainability is, you know, can you see yourself doing it for the rest of your life? But then sustainability in that it doesn't take forever to get it done. You know what I mean? It doesn't take forever to, to prepare what it is that you want to eat. And it doesn't take a heck of a lot of thinking about it either. You know what I mean? Yeah. It becomes very automatic. The thing is, is we've become very mindless over many, many years of eating, you know, just kind of how we eat in America. So we don't really think about it. And we're always like in the dark in regards to how to, uh, how do I make more healthy choices? How sure. do I prepare more healthy meals? Um, and to that, like I've, I've coached a lot of people over the last, you know, many, many years on this one principle and that when it comes to your day-to-day eating, you don't have to overhaul your entire diet overnight. As a coach, John, it's taken me 10 years to get my diet to where it is now. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's going to take people that, but like I take a long approach to it, a yeah. uh, far ahead approach to it. Now I'll preface all this with saying like, you can start very, very small. And what I mean by small is figure out your most problematic meal. What's the meal that you know is just like, man, this is the, just, I just eat junk at this meal. You know what I mean? I'm either ordering out or it's just not the best. Find that meal. And let's say for instance, it's lunch. You know I mean a lot of HVAC techs, maybe they can eat breakfast at home and maybe they can eat dinner at home, but maybe more than likely lunch is in the middle of the job, right? And maybe lunch is, you know, your boss is bringing you something or all you and you guys are ordering something, whatever it may be. Here's the thing. 
based on basic principles, you know what I mean? Always base your meal around lean proteins. You know what I mean? Get in plenty of veggies and then a healthy fat or a healthy carb, so on and so forth. Find recipes. So if your most problematic meal is lunch, then cool. Go online and find this week one lunch recipe that you want to make. Maybe it's in on your grill. Maybe it's on your Blackstone grill because those are really cool. I just bought one and oh my gosh, John, they're super phenomenal for preparing meals. I, do you know what a Blackstone grill is, John? I don't you know what those are. Huh. It's a grill that's literally flat on top. So have you ever been to like those hibachi grills and stuff where they cook yeah, yeah. in front of you? Literally, uh-huh. it's the same thing. But the cool thing is, is it's, you know, still goes outside, still propane, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it's just not great. It's just a giant cast iron top. You can cook whatever the heck you want on it, John. So I just got huh. one of those a few weeks ago and it is phenomenal. Wow. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, though, is you can create these, rec- you know, find one recipe and then just slowly start to implement that throughout your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. One thing that my wife and I have been doing lately is I go get a lot of um, either grass-fed beef or chicken breast from the store. I marinate it for a day or two, throw it on that grill with a bunch of veg- vegetables, and that's my my lunch every day. Of course, I throw on other variety as well, but like, how simple is that? And sure. you know, I grill it up on the grill, and I have five days' worth of, of meals for myself. And yeah. it's grilled, man. It's good. You know what I mean? It really is good. You can throw seasonings, all that kind of stuff on there. You and know? I'll, I'll I'll add to this again, just trying to be all about tips and tactics here on this thing. I use something called a food saver, which is yeah. uh, it's a little machine that takes bags and sucks all the air out of it and seals it shut. Right. So, again, you can cook like this. And that's the kind of thing when it's in the food saver bag, you can throw in a cooler. And even though they're veggies or something like that, it you don't, you know, and, and if you have Tupperware or something like that, you can do that as well. But it's mm-hmm. super easy to just put it in the food saver, you know, do it on the weekend. You got five of them, you know, every one a day, throw them in your cooler and go. Yeah, exactly. That's perfect. I mean, changing, changing how your, your dietary habits are is just, it's actually a very simple process. It's just finding recipes that you want to create things that pique your interest, maybe even finding a healthy twist on something that you already enjoy. You know what I mean? If it's, Hey, I really love like, uh, shoot hibachi stir fry you know what I mean cool change out the the white rice for some cauliflower rice you know what I mean yeah. Yeah. boom there you go you're done you're done yeah. that's literally it and it's that simple and the cool thing is is you know just stick with one problematic meal find some good recipes for it and don't go on to the next meal until you've you feel like you're in a good spot because the cool thing is once you find those recipes you also have a grocery list that you can create don't worry yeah. about your breakfast. Don't try to be perfect with that. Don't try to be perfect with dinner. Just worry about your lunch and say, okay, am I mastered here? Do I have enough recipes for this? Cool. And then move on to the next problematic meal. You're done. You, yeah. you fast forward about a month or two later, John, and you figured out how to eat healthily. You have all these recipes and then you just recycle that. You know what I mean? If you get tired of the recipes you found, find new ones. <laughs> I mean, right there, yeah. that solves all your problem. You don't have to follow yeah. a crazy diet you make one that works for you. The cool thing is, is diets say, go do this and you're bad if you don't, you're good if you do. And then if you do it, this approach you have chosen, you've taken the power back to yourself and said, this is how I want to eat. This is how I like it. And here's how I'm going to build out my own sustainable diet. If you want to call it that. That's what I mean. Yeah. So there you go. It's that simple, John. And then one one last thing I'll throw in there too. This this is a great conversation we're having. I hope it's helpful for you guys that are listening. The for the techs who don't know what time is going to be the end of your day, uh, account for that with your snacks as well. 
Yeah. You know, you can, it's no, there's no problem going home with a couple of extra snacks, but if like some guys different, depends on the context you work in, but especially in the summertime, it's not uncommon to know if you're going home at four o'clock or nine o'clock. And so try to factor that in because those are the times where if you haven't thought ahead, you're going to end up with a Snickers bar in your hand. And if, mm. and, and those are the times you're going to feel junky after you eat it and you still have to have the energy to power through whatever it is you got to get done. So think about that as well. Absolutely. I love that, John. That is perfect. It's, it's just having a little bit of, of planning. I will tell people like on, on the mindset part of this, when you first get started, it's going to feel a little bit unnatural. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. like, well, like I said, we're used to outsourcing our meals. You know what I mean? We go get it from someplace, we order it, um, you know, so on and so forth. It may feel a little bit unnatural at first, but the cool thing is, is if you get over that hump after a few weeks, it becomes your day-to-day thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, it's just something that you do. Yep. And I mean, it only requires a few weeks of investment. You know what I mean? It takes literally, you guys, there's millions of recipes on the internet right now. There's millions of recipes on the internet. And then I would wager there's probably millions of YouTube videos on how to prepare it as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not for lack of knowledge that maybe we're not all eating healthy or healthier. It's for really going back again to the mindset of why are we eating? What is the purpose of it? Is yeah. it narrow scoped in that it's for comfort and it's for health or is it broad scoped in that it's, you know, so on and so forth, um, yeah. health, longevity, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I also yeah. think Adam, that for most people, most techs, the challenge to change mindset and change what I'd call a macro habit is actually a bigger change than um, than some of these smaller things we're talking about. And what I mean by that is this, the idea of changing from pre-cooking food and taking that to work, that's a bigger change than what you cook and take to work. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's different philosophies about this, that the, the, uh, some people are very, and both sides are irrelevant, but some people are like, no, take the smallest piece of it and just change the smallest piece first, mm-hmm. just do the smallest change first and build on it. At the same time, and I don't disagree with that, but I do think that you can create a kind of housing for your routine where you're saying on Saturday, me and me and me and a wife cook something and I'm going to eat that all week. Doing that on a Saturday is a change that you can then change in and out what you cook. But if you can hit these macro legacy changes that kind of house what you're doing you can even have a week where it's like you know what i'm just putting pizza in this baby this week and mm-hmm. we're gonna cook pizza the it's not maybe the best <clears throat> excuse me it's not maybe the best but but you can house the change in that macro change right yes and so think on those levels as well instead of trying to reinvent this every day exactly john that is a perfect point man i feel like you're almost a coach in and of yourself john that is <laughs> awesome and i i really and you know what there's a kind of a another spinoff point even with that is as you make these changes know that there's going to be a psychological and also how should i say like sub, the, you know your support system around you there's going to be a change for everybody one thing that i deal with a lot john is couples one couple wants to change and get healthier. The other couple oh, isn't really point. in that mindset. You know what I mean? Or you, you have like a group of buddies, you're trying to get healthy. The other group of buddies is, aren't, you know what I mean? Yep. And 
maybe, maybe many people listening to this, you form relationships in your life where a lot of times it's centered around food. You know, maybe you go out to the, uh, you know, to the bar, or maybe you go out to eat with your buddies and it's all centered around food and you just, just enjoying the most amazing food that you possibly can. Maybe with, uh, when you're with your wife, connection with your wife was finding new restaurants to go to and sitting down and enjoying a meal, but maybe enjoying a little too much of the meal. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. There's a component here. There's a psychological component where there is a little bit of, as you make the shift to become more healthy, sometimes old habits are dying. You know what I mean? Sometimes relationship dynamics are changing a little bit as well. Sometimes there's friction. Sometimes, you know, a lot of times when people are trying to get healthy, other people around them are like, well, what are you just like the health guy now? You know what I mean? Or, you know, what are you, what, you know, what's going on here? Just know that there's sometimes shifts that go on. Sometimes yeah. it's uncomfortable. Sometimes you realize the connections you had with this group of people is only really around food and you never actually really got along with these people, but you're out and about and you're having food together. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There is a little bit of a point there where you're allowing these things to maybe change or maybe die off. And there it's okay to, on a psychological level, acknowledge that and know that that part of you is changing or dying. You know yeah. mean there is a little bit of a mourn. Like I hate to even say this, John, it may, it may sound kind of stupid, but there is kind of like this mourning that you do where it's like, okay, this is changing a lot. Like sure. what do my wife and I do now? Now that our dates aren't centered around food. Maybe they yeah. can still be centered around food that both of you figure out how to eat healthily sure. and you find new recipes. But then sometimes, you know, there are, is that dynamic where a husband or a wife is trying to change and, you know, the husband and wife are still eating all the junk food in front of the person who's trying to change. And they're like, I'm trying right. to change. This is a major trigger for me right now. And it's not as easy. Yep. Of course, that's, uh, I feel like, honestly, John, that could be almost a whole nother podcast on how to, to right. navigate that dynamic, but just understand that nobody else is obligated to go the direction you're going. But the cool thing is, is you'll be in a way, a silent example for that. Yep. You mean there's nothing wrong with you trying to pursue health. There really isn't. We just yeah. live in a culture where that's not forefront of the mind. You know what I mean? And so yeah. there's an unconscious component where people just feel like, well, dude, like this is how we always connected. This is what we always used to do. And now you're not doing that anymore. So then there's going to be a little bit of that friction. So I just wanted to add that in there, John. I sure. know there's a psychological and social component to changing over how you eat. And I definitely wanted to acknowledge that for your audience as well as yeah, keep that great, in mind, everybody. No, that's a great point. And, and I'll... I'll place this into at least one of the phases that goes into the life of being a technician. Mm -hmm. This, the shift to choosing to be more healthy, I would personally, uh, maybe this could be debated, but I would personally align that with the, with the choice to become a professional and have a career instead of a job. And, mm -hmm. you know, if what you guys are a techs, you know, you got a truck full of tools and you know what you think of guys who don't take care of their tools that, you know, either they got piece of crap tools or they didn't buy those tools. That's why. But if they bought those tools, they're taking care of those tools. And to some degree, your body is one of those. And so the the amount that you take yourself seriously as a technician is also the amount you should take yourself seriously as a physical human being mm -hmm. and taking care of yourself in this way um, will sometimes uh, people around you will notice it. And sometimes there are people you work with, you know who they are. They don't have careers. They only have jobs and they yeah. will be the ones who will give you a hard time about taking care of yourself. And that's where you just have to make a decision about whose influence do you want to have guiding your life?
and it and I, I don't want to turn it into some easy thing because it's never fun to be the guy people are like oh you're listening to msnbc <laughs> now too oh what are we doing now you know like all of that all that stuff right mm-hmm. but but mm-hmm. fundamentally uh it, it can sound so condescending, and I don't mean it that way, but it's, it can sound so condescending to say that this is making an adult decision, but it yeah. is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Your body, everybody, if you're in the business, everybody knows somebody who's 55 and they just can't do it anymore physically. They can't. And yeah. it's not because of the work only. It's because they didn't do the things over the last 30 years that kept their body going. They'd have another 10 or 15 in them, but they just didn't do them. Right. Yeah. So that's, you know, this is the, forgive me for the, the sermon part of this, forgive me for preaching, but for those of you who want a career, this is one of the pillars of it. You have to take your health and the sustainability of your physical self seriously. If you want to have a career full stop. 100%. I love that, John. I mean, honestly, I don't think it can be said enough. Like, I just think, you know, we don't have a lack of knowledge these days anymore, John. I think everybody can probably agree on what it takes to be healthy. You know what I mean? In, in some degree. It's okay. The, the the statement used to be knowledge is power, but now I feel like in 2023, knowledge applied is power. You know what I mean? Yeah. It has to be. You have to. And you have to value your body. It's so easy to get lost in the day-to-day um, jumble and hustle and bustle of everything. And to think that, you know, that one decision of that one burger or something maybe isn't going to impact things, but you know, let me, let me throw this in a monetary example. So if I were to ask all the listeners today, do you want a million dollars today or a penny that doubles its value every day for 30 days, which would you like? Now, for those of you who said a penny, you would be right. Because the crazy thing is if you double the value of a penny every day for 30 days, it becomes $5.3 million. Mm. It's crazy, John. Mm-hmm. Why, where I'm going with that is that if you are long-sighted with this versus nearsighted with this, the decisions you make every day goes into your you know, years when you're 50, when you're 60, with your, when you're 70. That's right. In America, you're almost guaranteed a chronic disease by the time you get six to be 60 years old. You're going to have something, whether it's type 2 diabetes, heart disease, whatever it may be. Completely, all of that is completely preventable. And there's yeah. definitely, of course, different techniques of GLP-1 is a great way of preventing that, along with taking care of diet and exercise, so on and so forth. But, you know, when you go back to to that mindset, John, it's it's the mindset of just caring enough about yourself to know that even the small decisions add up. Like a penny yeah. that's doubled can equal $5.3 million in only 30 days. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and the crazy thing is if you ever look on the chart on that and how it's broken down, like even 15 days into it, John, it's only like $80. You know what I mean? But then like <laughs> at the last yeah. three days, it goes from like 500000 1 million, to something million and then that goes into the five million dollars you yeah. know what i mean i don't know if that resonates with with uh you know your listeners but hopefully everybody understands like the impact of the small decisions caring about yourself and your body that's actually normal you yeah. know what i mean yeah. in a society where we don't really think about health that much and we're, we're not really on the track of healthiness that's kind of become the norm it's actually normal to care about yourself to think about yourself in a, in a way that's like this is valuable there's only one of you there's yeah. only ever going to be one of you Never yeah. going to be one again. You know what I mean? And it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're the CEO or the HVAC tech, you are an amazing person and you mean something to someone else. 
or multiple other people. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but John, but I want to be around as long as I possibly can for the people that I mean something to and mean more, uh, mean a lot to me as well. You yeah. know what I mean? Me too. So, me too. Heck yeah. Well, listen, mm-hmm. we've let's do let's turn this into a two parter. Okay, um, sounds good. We've been going for a little while here, and there's still I still want to talk to you about sugar. I want to talk to you about alcohol. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff yet that we haven't covered. So let's do this. Let's call this the end of part one, and then we will. Uh, Adam and I will circle up and do the second part of this, where we'll continue this conversation about uh, diet and technicians. So awesome. on that thought. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next time. A good life is had at the HVAC joy.